Well, hi, King's Church Edinburgh. Such a joy to be with you today and to be part of this particular meeting. I just checked out my diary um, and I realised that just over a year ago, uh, Liz and I were with you as a church. In fact, it was the 28th of February to the 1st of March. And uh, that was actually our last flight ever um, for the whole of this year. We haven't flown anywhere since then. So I kind of have fond mixed memories of our time with you um, on that particular weekend. And boy, did you work me. I looked at my diary and realized that on Friday morning I met with the elders. And uh, then in the evening we met with elders and wives. And then on Saturday I did a leadership conference in a hotel. Some of you might remember that. And in the afternoon, I went over to West Lothian and met with the leaders there. And in the evening, we hung out with Luke and Deb. And then on Sunday morning, got to actually preach to you as a, as a community. So I don't know if we're going to go back to those days, but it sounds like a lot of work. But how enjoyable it was to be with you. And here we are over a year later, and uh, we haven't been able to come and visit. And uh, But it is a great joy to be with you here on this particular occasion. If you have your Bibles with you, um, I'd love for you to turn to Isaiah chapter 61, and we're going to read some very familiar verses. So I'm going to read these verses together. I'm then going to go on a bit of a journey um, to talk about some background stuff, and then we'll come back to these verses again and apply them. It says in Isaiah 61 and verse 1, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. So here we are a year after this all kind of kicked off, and it's actually over a year, and um, I don't know about you, but I think for a lot of people, it's been quite a frustrating time. It's been perhaps a year of loss, a sense of being robbed of certain things. The fact that we haven't been able to meet as normal as a church community. It's been a kind of very inconvenient season of our lives for many of us. Plans that we have made, we may have made have been dashed. And many of us have seen it as a bit of a trial, a bit of a valley a bit of a long, dark valley, actually. And some of us just feel just tired physically and weary in spirit. And, you know, it's like the levels, the dials of our life are not quite where they ought to be. They're kind of on half empty rather than full of life. Yet, I want to ask a question today. Is COVID just an inconvenient interruption of our lives, something to survive through, uh, just kind of get over it. It doesn't really have any purpose in our lives. Or, and this is my question, is it actually a very key time, 
a season of vital preparation, both for us as individuals and for us corporately, maybe a a big pause in our lives for something remarkable that is yet to happen. And before COVID, we just weren't ready for this. We will look back, I believe, and see this season as having been essential rather than just an inconvenience. It certainly isn't our plan. I believe with all my heart it's definitely in God's plan. So I believe it's not been a wasted time, but it's actually been essential. And if it's true that we are not ready for something that's about to come, then surely it's the grace of God that he uses this season to get us ready. A lot of people have described this season, this COVID pandemic, is like a a wilderness, certainly a spiritual wilderness. And when you think of the word wilderness, you think of loss, you think of something dry and barren, something that means you've you've got to be made of different stuff to kind of get through this. It's, It's tough, it's negative, that's what you think of as a wilderness. The only problem is that in scripture, wildernesses are often seen as something definitely positive. They're seen or viewed as a time of reshaping or a time of learning or a time of change. And above all, a time of preparation for something yet to come. So we think, for example, of Jesus, that when the spirit of the Lord came upon him, he actually went out into the desert for 40 days and nights. And that wasn't a time where he was weakened, but a time where he was strengthened. He was being made ready for the ministry that was yet to come. Or we think of the Apostle Paul, who gets gloriously converted on the road of Damascus. And then what we read in Scripture is he kind of disappeared into the desert of Arabia for about 12, 14 years. You don't hear anything of him. What was going on? Well, I believe it was a time of huge preparation for the ministry that he was going to have. Then, of course, famously, we have the people of Israel who wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. They weren't prepared. They weren't ready to go into the promised land. So God taught them things. He provided manna and quails. He provided a a pillar of fire and cloud. He supernaturally provided them with water. And they learned that God could provide for them even in the wilderness and that also his presence would be with them all the way through. I look back over this last year, and that's been our experience. Manor quails, online church, Zoom calls. But we've also known fire and cloud. The presence of God has been with us all the way through this time together. He has provided for us, and he has never, ever left us. But what is he preparing us for? I mean, what, what is it that we were not ready for? And maybe now, after all this, we will be ready for What? Well, I would like to make some suggestions. Firstly, I think there are many promises that we read in Scripture that we do not and have not yet experienced. And as we know, the Bible teaches us that promises are received by faith. Now, I would suggest that the Western church, and I know I'm generalizing, but the Western church in general is not renowned for its dynamic, robust faith. In fact, we would be considered as weak in our faith. And I think we would agree with that. Faith is not something that we're well known for as being dynamic. Wouldn't it be amazing if through this COVID experience, God was getting us ready and our faith was rising to believe him. And surely we will then see far more happening because the promises of God will be fulfilled. Perhaps God's getting us ready to be a different kind of church 
I look at the book of Acts and I see this dynamic church that are ordinary people just like you and me, but there was something going on which is often looks very different to the experience that we have of church. It wasn't just about Sundays and buildings, and it hasn't been for us for a year either, but are people who were radical disciples, not just gathering a crowd, but people who were following Jesus seven days a week rather than occasionally popping into church on a Sunday morning. Maybe we're going to come out very different as a church community and as followers of Jesus than we went in. Maybe another thing, and you're not going to be very excited about this, but it's here in the Bible. Another thing we're being, get, we're being prepared for is persecution. You say, well, that's a shame, isn't it? But you know, persecution is promised just like all the other promises. Persecution is on the horizon for us. And I think we can see as a Western church that we're getting closer and closer to living in a society that kind of likes some of the things that we do, but really hate what we believe. That will result in persecution. I'd like to believe that COVID for many of us may have been an experience where we've gone without loss, but we've been made to be more robust. We've this confirmed what we really believe in our hearts. We had to go through it alone, a lot of us. All those are ingredients that will stand us in good stead should we go through a time of persecution. Maybe we were not ready before, but maybe now we're being made ready for that. Absolutely do I believe that we're being made ready for a mighty, mighty harvest. A huge gathering of people that do not yet know Jesus. All of whom will need to be discipled, many of whom will have no Christian background whatsoever. And because of COVID, many of whom will be distressed deeply for years to come. Just maybe we're being made ready as a church community so that we are able to disciple these people when there is a mighty harvest. But you know, I think the best preparation for all of us, above all else, is this. The best preparation for us is to have a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And if ever there's a word for the Western church right now, certainly for the church in Europe, it is this, that as we emerge from COVID, we have come to a realisation that we cannot do what God has called us to do in our own strength. So therefore, we need a mighty outpouring, a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon us for two main reasons. Firstly, for our own restoration and renewal, both individually and corporately. Secondly, to be empowered for the mission that God has called us on together. And without this outpouring of the Holy Spirit, I just don't believe that we will be fit or we will be ready to do what God has called us to do, or at least we'd have to try and do it in our own strength. You know, it says in Zechariah 4, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And the context was a prophecy given to a whole load of people who tried to build the temple of the Lord in their own strength, and they failed miserably. And then the prophecy comes, not by might, nor by power. In other words, not by human strength alone, but by my spirit, you will be able to do these things. Wonderful promises on God, from God. So we should be asking God, therefore, to pour out his Holy Spirit upon us. Is God willing to answer that prayer? 
Is that what's on God's heart for us? If we were to cry out to him and say, please, would you pour out your Holy Spirit? We can't do this without you. Are we asking for something that God's not willing to give? Well, this is what we read in John chapter 7. When Jesus is speaking to people, it says this in John 7, 37. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And then John, commenting on this declaration of Jesus in verse 39, says a very interesting thing. Now this he said about the spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So John's interpretation of this particular passage is simply that looking back on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God was poured out upon us. Therefore, the Holy Spirit has been given to us and rivers of living water are flowing from, from within us. If we're hungry and thirsty and ask for the Spirit, Jesus will surely want to give more than we are wanting to ask. And let me remind you of this wonderful promise in Luke chapter 11 and verse uh, 13. If you then, says Jesus, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? What we see here is a picture of Jesus longing to give us the Holy Spirit and waiting for us to hunger and thirst and to come and ask. So I think we're on pretty safe ground if we stay, Lord, say, Lord, we need you desperately. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon us. This is what God, I believe, wants us to do. So back to, we got there in the end, Isaiah 61, and these very, very familiar verses. When we read these verses about the Spirit of the Lord being poured out and giving us an anointing to bring good news to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free, to comfort those who are mourning, to declare the year of the Lord's favour and beauty instead of ashes and oil of joy instead of mourning and garment of praise instead of heaviness. And then it goes on in verse four very powerfully that they, who are they? Well, it's you and me, oaks of righteousness. We will then be called to build up ancient ruins and to raise up former devastations and repair ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. Who is this that it's talking about? It's talking about Edinburgh. It's talking about people who don't know Jesus. It's talking about the thousands of people in the city of Edinburgh and the surrounding district who are unchurched, who know nothing of the ways of God and yet are in deep, deep distress, and they need to know the light shining into their darkness. I don't know about you, but when I read these words, I am convinced that we cannot do the things that are mentioned in Isaiah 61 in our own strength. And that is why verse 1 is so key. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord has anointed me to do these things. And of course, Jesus in Luke chapter 4 was given this passage of Isaiah 61 to read and he read it out. And today he said, this is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, this is talking about me, Jesus, the Messiah. The spirit of God is upon me. 
I find it fascinating that it's only from this point on that Jesus does Isaiah 61 verses 1 to 4. And he did all of those things. But he only did them when the Spirit of God at his baptism had come upon him. And then he began to move in the power of the Spirit. As I've already mentioned, then on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is poured out. And the same Holy Spirit is now upon the disciples and they together corporately can say the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon us to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. And 2000 years later, we're still in the same age of the spirit. Nothing has changed. We as the people of God are able to say the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon us. And we, because of the spirit, can heal the brokenhearted and set the captive free. The one thing I know that I cannot do is 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 heal the brokenhearted and set the captives free and preach good news to the poor and comfort those who mourn. I just cannot do these things. But when the spirit of the Lord has come upon me, then I will be able to do the things that God has called me to do. We cannot do these things. When I look at verses three and four and see what we are called to there about the devastation of cities and 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 restoring broken walls and and broken lives. I just look at this passage of scripture where I am right now, and I ask the question, am I ready to do this? And here's the answer. No, I really am not. I feel tired because of COVID. I feel a bit scarred and a bit wounded by all that's gone on. I'm, in all honesty, I feel half empty. I don't feel ready yet to go and do these things. And corporately as a church, we've not even met for a whole year and more. How can we be ready to do some of these things? We need our broken hearts healed. We as the people of God need liberty. And I would love a year of favour right now, wouldn't you? I need the Lord to come and give me beauty instead of ashes to heal those of us who are mourning at this particular time. And in verse four, we need building up. We need restoring. We need being repaired. Now, don't get me wrong. I think for many of us throughout this COVID season, we would honestly say we still love God passionately. We still believe all of his promises. We are not giving up or throwing in the towel. But in all honesty, We have ground that needs to be recovered. We have reservoirs that are a bit empty that need to be refilled. Do you identify with this? I'm sure many, many of you do. And so here is the word of the Lord to us, to you, King's Church in Edinburgh. We need a season of a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now, we we cannot make the Holy Spirit do anything. But we can ask him to come to us and we can certainly give him room in our meetings to come and meet us where we are. I am suggesting that we need to move into a season where we allow the spirit of God to do this. A time maybe in our meetings where everybody from the youngest to the oldest to all our children and our youth and our students and those who have been isolated and people who've gone through COVID even and have done really well. Don't those people really annoy you? Even they need a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Excuse me. And we need to believe God will heal us 
mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and even physically. Therefore, my plea today is this. Let us hunger and thirst for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Let us be full of anticipation and expectation. Let us, let us pray and wait and believe God to come. I don't know what these meetings will look like, but I guess they'll be lingering in the presence of God, waiting on God to move, laying hands on one another, ministering, praying for one another. Perhaps our meetings will be, I don't know, a bit longer than they have been because we just need a season where we give the Holy Spirit room to renew us and restore us and to equip us and make us ready for the things he has for us in the future. We just, people would say to me, well, what does it look like? I don't know exactly what it will look like, but it will look something like Isaiah 61. There'll be something of the Spirit of God coming upon us. And the things that we read in this passage will be happening amongst us as the people of God. Let me close by saying this. This is not, of course, an end in itself. If God comes, as I'm trusting he will, and have a season amongst us of refreshing in the Holy Spirit, it's all a means to an end. And the end is this, that we will be empowered by God to reach out to a post-COVID society that's actually going to look a lot different to what they were like before we went into this. People sometimes talk about when life gets back to normal, there won't be any normal because you're thinking of what it was like in the past. Everything shunted along and changed. When we emerge from this, we'll find society that is far more needy than the one that we went into before this time. It, we're yet to see, and I believe it, it will go on for years, the depth of distress, the financial instability, health issues, mental health issues, the amount of abuse, the breakdown, the addiction, the relational issues that have gone on behind hidden doors. You know, it says in scripture that Jesus looked upon the crowds and was filled with compassion. And he says, and the reason is because he saw them as harassed because they were sheep without a shepherd. I believe that's a tremendous description of what we're going to find in society as we emerge from this time are people who are harassed, are people who are lost, are people who are uh, sheep without a shepherd. You know, you and I are sheep, but we know this shepherd and it radically changes everything. How we long for the crowds who don't know the shepherd to come to know him so that their lives can be healed and restored and be set free from all of the things that hold them back. What a wonderful, wonderful future. Isaiah 61. Everything we read in this passage is right there before us, being experienced by people all around us. And the gospel, the gospel is such good news because it's a message of transformation. It's not only a wonderful message about Jesus coming and dying on the cross and his blood being shed so that our sins can be forgiven and we can be made right with God. It's not only a wonderful message that on the third day Jesus rose from the dead and he is alive in all his power and glory with us right now. 
It's not just good news because Jesus has sat down at the right hand of the Father, which means that he's reigning and ruling over everything happening on this universe. That's good news. But even more so, this message, this gospel, has the power to utterly transform people's lives. From knowing your sins forgiven to a gradual transformation that makes you almost unrecognisable as a follower of Jesus. I believe the seeds of revival are all around us for the glory of God. I believe that many will be ushered into his kingdom. Let's pray together. Father, we want to thank you this morning for the reminder that you are so willing to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. I pray for all of us here at King's Church Edinburgh that will come upon us in the weeks and months to come as we start to see lockdown easing and maybe getting back into more in-person meetings. And when those masks finally come off and we don't have to social distance, Lord, I, I pray for that fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit to renew us and restore us. Even as I'm praying now, if there are people here watching this, feeling, oh, I'm so hungry and thirsty, I need a time of refreshing and restoration. I pray for you now in Jesus' name that 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 desire, that anticipation, that expectation will rise in you more and more. For to the hungry and thirsty, surely God will give us what we ask. And we pray for this renewing and restoration, not as a means an end in itself, but as a means to an end, which is this, that King's Church will be the kind of church that can reach out to society not by might, not by power, not in our own strength, but when the Spirit of God comes upon us, we are able to do these things. So we confidently ask you, Holy Spirit, for a fresh outpouring upon this church community in Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen. And all God's people said, Amen. Hallelujah. It's been great to be with you. I'm really looking forward to the day that I can actually be with you in person. But until then, God bless you and keep hungering and thirsting for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Amen.